Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to have a bit of fun and we're going to talk about the power of play in the workplace. My guest this time is the tremendous Gary Ware, TEDx speaker, facilitator, coach, and founder at Breakthrough Play. Gary is a self-proclaimed creativity catalyst, helping people reach their potential using the power of play. A sought-after facilitator and founder at Breakthrough, Gary combines his passion for improv theatre, and my goodness me, I can't wait to get into a bit of improv today, with over a decade of experience in the advertising industry, specialising in digital marketing to help creative professionals develop deeper relationships to drive performance. Gary's obsession with learning how to use play as a transformational tool led to his own transformation, moving him out of digital marketing and into a world of transformation to help people improve their business relationships and their lives with a belief that humans are wired for play. And if you can tap into play, you can drive and create magic. Gary and his team deliver training and retreats for organizations to help them increase psychological safety, reduce voluntary turnover, and increase job satisfaction. Looking for better tools to boost performance engagement and well-being? With the rise in remote and hybrid workforces, you probably want better control, and IntelliHR customers have found a better way. IntelliHR's award-winning people management platform helps you to enable performance, automate your tedious HR admin, and access real-time HR analytics at the click of a button, all in the one place. Learn more at IntelliHR.com. Gary, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Oh my gosh, Bill, thank you so much for having me. That intro was amazing. You are amazing, sir. And we're going to have some fun today. A heck of a lot of the interviews that we've done since uh, Q1 of 2020, of course, have been pretty sad. Um, and I've been talking about some pretty pretty tough issues, whether that's layoffs or whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, a whole bunch of pretty sad topics. But today we get to have a bit of fun and we've got a very positive, pretty cool dude who's going to help us do that. Now then, Gary, let's get straight into the questions. Firstly... You're quoted as saying, prior to learning about the benefits of play, I thought burnout was a badge of honor. And actually, I, 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 you know, just sharing this with the listeners, in my 20s and in my early 30s, I, I perhaps felt, I felt, felt similar to you. Tell me about your, your prior mindset and how you used to live your life. Yeah, it was get a job, you work hard, you move up the ranks. And you know, prior to learning about how play is, you know, something that we all should be doing, I thought play was only something that you could do after the work is done. But I quickly found out that the work is never done. And because that was my mindset of work, then play, then I never played. However, the people that were in my orbit, you know, were just, you know, it was just part of the normal everyday lexicon of, Oh, how, how hard are you working? Oh, I am so busy. And it was almost like a competing thing of who can work the longest and the hardest because that, or at least I thought that made you see, you know, be seen as a valuable asset, um, shows that you really care. And so that's just what I did. I just worked really hard and I found myself burning out time and time again, so much so I would go on a vacation. It would take me the first 
three days of the vacation just to like be able to relax. And then the moment I come back from vacation within like a week or so, I feel like I need a vacation again. But I just thought that was just par for the course, all part of being an adult working hard. You migrated from that mindset. You had you had an epiphany at some point. And then uh, part of that, I guess, you, you said to yourself that it's okay and perhaps it's even important to give oneself permission to play. And I like this term, permission to play. Talk to us a bit about the, the epiphany that you had and, and how you came to that realization. For me, it was taking an improv class. I don't have a background in theater. Uh, my, you know, prior to, you know, becoming a professional, like in high school, I, I was in band. So, you know, there's some performance there. However, my intention for taking improv was to become a better public speaker. I got the advice from a mentor of mine who said, uh, Gary, I, I think you might like this improv thing. Well, you know, why don't you give it a shot? And like most people who've, you know, taken improv class and never, you know, heard of improv before, uh, might've thought like, oh, well, is it all about trying to be funny? And for me, going into that first improv class, it was, it was very liberating because in the two hours that the class, you know, took place for, you know, the first week, I was completely present. Didn't think about my to-do list. I didn't think about all the stress that was going on in my life at the time. I didn't think about anything. I was completely present and I was playing these silly games with these 15 other people that didn't even know. Uh, there was the first time meeting them, but I felt like I had permission to play. And it was so thrilling. And I left feeling like I was at a happy hour and I was drinking, except I wasn't drinking. I was completely sober. And the magic happened after that event. Again, I wasn't really sort of conscious of what was going on. But that next day, that Tuesday after that first improv class was amazing. It was a regular day, but yet I felt a little bit more upbeat. Um, I felt like the day just flew by. I felt like I was a little bit more productive. Again, not, I just thought it was an anomaly. Uh, but then I was excited on Sunday to go to improv and it became something that I really looked forward to so much so that I started taking the games that we were playing and bringing it to my team at work. And again, it wasn't for like another year or so later before I started realizing what was happening is that because I was giving myself permission to play, giving myself permission to not be so serious that it started seeping into everything that I did. And I started getting curious of, about play and, and play's role. And, you know, as far as being an adult, and that's where I dove down the rabbit hole and realized at first, I just thought it was improv. I thought improv was the magic thing. And yes, I uh, employ anyone who's thinking about, you know, team dynamics to take an improv class because it's more than just a performance aspect, but there's something deeper there. It's this thing that we are wired to play. And I was suffering from what Dr. Stuart Brown calls play deprivation. In just a moment, I, I want to get into uh, the mindset that one needs to be in when, when they're perhaps embracing the idea of play and play in, in, in the workplace and how that can benefit teams. But before we get there, I think we need to sort of set the groundwork a little bit. When you go into an organization, Gary, how do you how do you shape things? How how do you word things so that people feel that it's a safe space and that they're they're invested in 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 this well, essentially this type of training? This is 
it's an unusual type of training. I mean, it's one thing to go to an improv class because you, you're going to an improv class, right? You're bought into it. You want to have a bit of fun. But it's, it's an entirely different thing to uh, to convince a group of people that they're in a safe space and it's okay to have fun and, and to play because they're going to be benefits from, from that. Let's start there. How, how on earth do you go about creating that safe space? And Bill, that's a really great point in that as it pertains to play, play is something that you should be invited to. Um, you shouldn't be forced to play because, you know, yeah, you may play, but again, you're not really going to get the benefits from it. You're not going to bring your full self. And how I was, um, you know, am able to bring this gift to companies. At first I was saying, hey, you need to have more play because I, I researched the benefits and I was like, hey, this is something that most people are missing. However, because of the way that society is set up as in, you know, all about productivity, all about what are the outcomes, X, Y, and Z, I was met with a lot of resistance of, of you know, a lot of companies saying, well, you know, that's that's great, Gary, uh, you know, this play thing, and we'll think about it. And then they, you know, never called me back or, or just like, just ghosted me. And then I started to say, all right, what is needed right now? And, you know, there's a lot of enrichment that is needed as far as culture development. There is a lot of... Um, LinkedIn has a stat of as far as skills that are necessary for success of employees. And a lot of them are creativity. A lot of them are emotional intelligence, communication. That's one of the cool things about the things that I offer is that it allows teams to experience them and grow in those areas in a fun way. And so that's what I started shifting. I started saying, hey, these are trainings in these areas and they're going to be a little bit more unconventional instead of me as a trainer coming and lecturing at your team saying, hey, this is this skill and this is how you can cultivate it. We're going to learn by doing. And in fact, it's going to be a very playful experience. So I first start by just, you know, setting the outcome of, hey, we're working on, you know, these skills. And yes, there's going to be some getting outside of your comfort zone. Um, so I set the stage there. Second, what I do is. I you know want to create a rapport. So I want to create that feeling that people are like, all right, I don't really know what's going on. I trust my coworkers. I, I trust that I'm okay. And I start by just doing some very simple activities that show that, hey, look, you're, you're successful. Um, and this sounds like, you know, when I describe this, someone may say, are you teaching kids or adults? But I feel like there's a lot of similarities here in that everything that I do, I I praise the group of how well that they're doing because I want them to um, start to get confidence in their self that, hey, guess what? You know, this is an enjoyable experience. Hey, guess what? You made a mistake, but that is part of the process. And I start very small, very simple, and then we get complex. Um, so the way that the things that I offer, they, they start incredibly simple, um, easy to do. And just like any video game, if you think about any video game, whether it's a mobile video game or a video game that you play um, you know, on a television or whatnot, the first couple levels are easy. And that's the point. It's meant to draw you in. And then once your confidence is increased, once you start seeing, wow, this is a great experience, then it gets a little bit more complex, but by then you're vested. So that's how I'm able to create such a transformative experience and get people on board so that by the end, we can tackle some very challenging um, areas. Tell me now, why do you think employees 
and, and the burnout that's affecting employees now is is stronger during the the stay at home period the, the that we were experiencing during the pandemic and and what can leaders do about employee burnout particularly because you know we're not in person you, you can't sit down with someone and look them in the eye it's that much more difficult right now yeah it's it's interesting because it's the little things that we take for granted that are no longer there and now it's having an impact on people the chance meeting at in the break room you know having a conversation um with someone and then um you know having that connection moment and feeling like wow this is this is a great experience you know i'm i'm feeling a deeper connection uh, with that person you know having those face to face meetings and again building that rapport creating that com that common interest amongst the team again uh, because we're we're cr creatures that thrive on communities, all of these things we we take for granted, and then all of that was stripped away. Again, the whole thing was like, oh well, we're going to be more productive because we're going to be at home. Well, yes, uh, you know that has the possibility, but it requires intention. And so I've seen some studies that a number of employees are finding themselves working like four to eight hours more a week because of this uh, stay at home order a pandemic because you know things like uh, a morning commute you know has been cut out uh, things like you know sort of again that normal sort of uh, sort of back and forth chit chat all those things have been scraped away and all that you're left with is the work and because of that and you know there are all these meetings that aren't necessarily facilitated in a way to get people to feel like they're connected Employees are getting, you know, you might hear this term, you know, Zoom fatigue uh, because of all the video conference calls that are going on. Um, and the fact that they're so connected with work, they go straight from out of the bed. It's like almost like they crawl out of the bed into their office chair. They're strapped to their desk and then they, um, you know, have to also deal with their you know, family things. And so that is the big issue is that those little connection moments that we, again, took for granted that we maybe saw as frivolous or no longer there. And people are working more, but, you know, feeling isolated, feeling lonely, and it needs to be replaced with intention. Okay. So is it possible to create engagement and connection in a virtual environment then? I mean, it sounds like you're saying it is, but it's just a bit more difficult. Correct. It is. And first and foremost, it's all about, uh, a few things. One, reimagining, um, you know, what this experience is like. So again, like when we're in person, we can see each other face to face, eye to eye. Uh, it's it's not that easy uh, behind a video, especially, you know, the moment you look into the camera, you're not looking at the people. And then the moment you look back at the people, you're not looking into the camera. So <laughs> now we have this like sort of back and forth of, oh, hey, am I looking at you? Are you looking at me? Are you looking at me? Am I looking at you? So again, you know, that's like sort of awkward. So we're not getting that um, oxytocin from actually direct eye contact. Again, all of these little things that we're taking for granted. Um, so the first thing is reimagining the experience and, and saying, all right, what are the things that create connections? So this is part two is understanding what I like to call uh, dose. Dose is an acronym for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Those are the neurochemicals that helps us be creative, productive, um, connected, trust the people that we're around and 
um, I, again, you know, feel like we're part of a community. And you can create that in a virtual environment. And this is the thing. Most of the time, these quote unquote icebreakers, these energizers are scrapped for the content. But I, I want to um, argue that those things that may seem frivolous are the things that are going to amplify the content. So just taking a moment at the top of the meeting to be intentional and check in with everyone. You know, maybe it's just a simple, you know, red light, green light sort of situation of saying, hey, where's everyone at? Um, go ahead and place in the chat. Um, you know, red means that, you know, um, you're you're a bit anxious. You know, you're, you're having some challenges. Yellow means that um, you're here, but, you know, it might have been kind of hairy. Green light is you're energized, ready to go. You know, go ahead and do that right now. And then maybe update your name in whatever platform you're in to add whatever that is at the end so that we can acknowledge you for where you are. Again, that's something very simple that takes, you know, less than two minutes. However, having someone be seen for where they are and having that be accepted creates that psychological safety that people realize, all right, I'm not alone. And then also, if you see that other people are in a similar boat, again, you get that validation. It's like, all right, it's not just me. So that's just one of many things. But again, it requires intentionality and realizing that this is just not some frivolous thing just to do. Now, in your in your TEDx talk about play, you reference one of uh, Brian Sutton Smith's quotes. Let me see here. The opposite of play is not work. It is depression. Now, listeners, I'm sorry because I did say that we're going to have a very happy conversation today, but uh, it's an important quote that you that you bring up in your talk. Um, why is it so important? That so that was a big when I, when I learned that it was a big eye opener because as I said in the beginning, I had this belief that the only time play was accepted was after the work was done, and then after I started learning about the different modalities of play and how play is more than just sort of goof off play; um, it can have multiple purposes. Um, and also how, you know, they're not, you know, mutually exclusive, like you could either work or play. And then I started diving into the work of researcher Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who was talking about flow. And if you think about play, when you're in a play-like state, it's just like being in a flow-like state, in that you're being challenged just enough. Time is going by super quick. Um, and you're really enjoying what you're doing, you know, for the sake of what you're doing. And I can remember sometimes when I was working and being so in, engrossed in what I was doing again, yeah, it, it felt like play. Um, and so that was one of the things that, again, you know, realizing that if you don't have play, you are, you know, suffering, as I mentioned earlier, from, you know, potentially suffering from what is called play deprivation, which is similar to depression in that, you know, you are losing your, your zest for life. Um, you are more tired than before. You are uh, maybe rather short with other people. And just getting a bit of play. Um, and I we can talk about like ways that people can do that in just a moment, if you like. But doing that you know, getting that bit of play can be just like what I mentioned, me just taking that improv class and just it's it's that refill that allows me to, you know, focus and, and have compassion for others. 
Okay, wonderful. And just finally for today, Gary, how can our listeners connect with you, whether that's through LinkedIn, email, Twitter, TikTok, wherever else you may be? <laughs> um, and also, how can they learn more about all of the awesome things you get up to and maybe how they can maybe uh, sign up for some of your courses? Yeah, uh, I can be found uh, at my website, breakthroughplay.com. Uh, that's where I, I share you know, how you can use play as what I like to call a power-up. Um, to like enhance every area of your life. Um, I am on most of the social media platforms. I spend a good deal of time participating on LinkedIn. So that's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're watching this, go ahead and um, connect with me there. Um, but I am on all the other ones under Gary Ware. And yeah, yeah. If you found this interesting and, and want to learn more, uh, feel free to reach out. Cause I, I love talking about this topic and, and happy to share any, anything that I've learned. I found this interesting and I think, as important i also found this fun because that's the nature of this chat today to have fun and to, to be a bit more light-hearted so gary thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the hr chat thank you so much for having me bill yeah it was very enjoyable and listeners as always until next time happy working and please do continue to stay safe thank you for listening to the hr chat podcast brought to you by the hr gazette